Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Ruler podcast. I'm Ian Parkinson. And for once, I'm not in the studio in London. I'm in Mallorca and on a bike. I'm heading out to the lighthouse at Formentor from Alcadia. That's a, a strip of tarmac which will be familiar to hundreds, probably thousands of cyclists, uh, British and others who come here at this time of year to escape the northern European winter. But I'm doing it slightly better because I'm riding with the number one ranked women's team in the world Wiggle High Five. And with me is multiple Swedish national champion and Wiggle High Five rider, one of the most experienced riders in the women's peloton, Emma Johansson. Emma, welcome to the Ruler Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Tell us first of all a little bit about your role within the team because it's changed, isn't it? You're not actually riding this year. Exactly, that's correct. Like, I'm still with the team. Um, I have a chance to ride, do races if I want to, but I'm uh, I'm here now more as a mentor for the, for the girls. So is that your sort of official role, being a, a mentor, a sort of senior rider and advising the girls? Yeah, it's definitely new to me. It's new for, for all the women's team, I think. It's not many that has a former rider that still stays around to, to be there for the others. And what's the value of it, do you think? What sort of things can you help the younger members of the team with? Obviously, I do have a lot of experience. I've been around for so many years. I've taken all the steps that everyone is, is taking. Um, I've been young and unexperienced, going into having my first year as a pro. We have those in the team. We also have girls who are leaving their home for the first time. So it's, uh, I think that's, it's just, it's nice for me to be able to be there for them. Uh, and because I can really, I can feel with them. I know what they are going through. And just to be there to support them in their journey towards becoming as good as they can be. The weather here in Mallorca is beautiful today. So, uh, clear sky, a bit of wind, but uh, absolutely splendid. Of course, this time of year, normally, you would probably be in Belgium in considerably worse weather and preparing for the Tour of Flanders. Yeah, that's true. It's very, very different. The Tour of Flanders was very much your race, wasn't it? I mean, you came agonisingly close to winning it last year, but you always performed well in that race. Yeah, I'm still... It was so close last year, and I'm super proud of the way we rode as a team and 
how close it was. It could have tipped one or another way. And now, like, the silver place seemed to be my lottery in life. Just the way we rode, I'm, I'm just super proud about that and being so close on, on the race that I love the most. Um, like, racing on my, on my front door. Like, I literally live in the middle of the course and have a lot of supporters there. And for me, it was around around that area where everything started. Why do you love the Tour of Flanders so much? Why did it, why did it mean so much to you? It's difficult to explain. I think it's um, something about Belgium. It's something about the people. It's something about the, not only the race itself, but the weeks beforehand, just how everything is, is breeding cycling. It's, it's like the whole Belgium is breeding cobbles. And unless you go there, you will never understand what I'm talking about. How are you going to feel, do you think, when the other girls in the team get ready for Flanders this year and you're there but not actually riding? I am a bit nervous about how I am going to feel. I was nervous before at Newsblood because that was sort of my first experience as a... my first experience from standing on the side when everyone is racing, but just the fact that I'm a part of the preparation, that I can be there, I'm going to be on the course, I'm supporting the girls, it still makes me feel, even though I'm not racing with them, I still feel a part of it. And, and I think that just, like I, was, I was nervous that I wasn't going to care, that it wasn't going to be important for me anymore. But in one way, it's like actually more important. Like I've never been so excited as I was watching the girls race on the head news flight. And I wasn't there in Strade, but I follow it from home. And oh God, I was sitting on the top of my, on my sofa the whole time, just trying to get the result out, you know? And yeah, it's something about stepping down that makes it more interested about others racing. It's an interesting time in women's uh, bike racing. There have been some sort of cancellations of races, but generally this season is looking pretty positive, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's very growing. It's taking a step every year. It's growing. Okay, we have unfortunately some races that, that can't continue for one or another reason, but in general, the women's peloton is definitely growing. It's becoming, the teams are becoming more professional. The width is more girls that can win races. The team are racing more professional together. And uh, yeah, it's, I think I, I definitely have seen and been a part of the biggest changes, but it's still, yeah, I know that it, this is not it. It's still growing and it's still, it's a pity knowing that I'm not gonna be there when it reaches the top but then probably I would have to ride for so many more years and I couldn't do that. Okay, we're gonna be hearing more from other riders on the team and from the owner and uh, director, Rochelle Gilmore, later in the podcast. Emma Johansson, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So I'm now off the bike. I survived the ride out to the lighthouse with a, with a protein, thanks uh, largely to Emma's mentoring of me up some of the hills. Uh, and I'm now with Rochelle Gilmore, the uh, owner and director of Wiggle High Five. Rochelle, we're talking a little bit there with Emma about, I guess, what you'd call the duty of care, the sort of pastoral care uh, involved in running 
a team full of young women, some of whom are away from home for the first time or you know, a long way from home. Um, is that something that's very important to you in running a team like this? Well, absolutely, and I think I've only just realised now, having Emma Johansson move into that role, how instrumental it will be for the younger writers that are on the team. It's, I mean, my my reasoning for continuing Emma on contract is because I think it's really important to support the retirement of athletes and not just, you know, leave them at home. The year, You know, they've given so much to the sport and I think it's really important to continue supporting the athletes through the transition of retirement as well. So we've got a few of the older athletes coming up for retirement and they've got so much experience to offer these younger athletes and they're also a, a sounding board and a, uh, a communication um, for athletes to go to staff, but not really directly. You know, people open up to their peers and a lot more easily than they do to their boss. So to have Emma Johansson there for the younger riders, especially now we have Grace Garner, um, Amy Roberts, who's still very young. In many ways, Lucy, Lucy Garner as well. To have Emma there just for them to talk to. And Emma is absolutely fantastic. She has so much experience. She's a rider that's been at the top level for 10 years. So she's got so much to offer these and, and just support, and she really is nurturing, so it's, it's great. So if Emma moves on to do other things, do you think that's a role that you'll try to continue with the team? Absolutely. Like, uh, we have Georgia Bronzini, like I said, coming up for retirement, and she's also very much like Emma Johansson. She's just very caring and concerned about the well-being of the athletes, and at Wiggle High Five, our philosophy is purely based on quality of life. That's what we want to offer um, above all. So, you know, winning's not at the top of the list for the staff and for the riders, it's quality of life. And these riders that have so much experience, it's just a, a wonderful thing, like Emma has said, that her experience from the start of the year till now in that mentoring role is giving her so much satisfaction. She said when she was an athlete that she was more, you know, all about herself and now that she's able to share her experiences with the younger athletes she's getting a lot of satisfaction out of it and it's making a huge difference to just the the atmosphere in our team and the athletes knowing they've got somebody there that they can rely on that's you know not their boss and um, I think it's a it's fantastic. When you look across the sport which is you know growing uh, year on year do you worry about the experiences of some of the younger riders who are coming into the sport, some of the things they may have to put up with? No, I don't worry about, uh, about what they may have to put up with because I can only control what I can control. And like I said, my biggest ambition is to have happy athletes, happy staff, and ensure that I'm doing everything possible to give them the environment. And that doesn't just mean the material things or the race program or things like that. It means the care from the staff and from the fellow athletes and that they are, when they're at work, which is at a race, cycling, at media camp, training camp, that they're enjoying it and they like the people that they're around and they feel comfortable. This has all obviously been highlighted recently uh, by what's happened to British Cycling, uh, the issues with Jess Varnish and others with Shane Sutton. What's your take on that? Well, I guess um, the reason that we may see this kind of thing happening is because their success is measured on on medals and results and everything is based around trying to get results 
with my team and my reasoning for being in the sport and obviously the staff that support me is purely to get the best out of the athletes but not only results wise you know experience in life um, enjoyment in life relationships learning how to communicate with people negotiate you know um, everything in our team is about making a decision together it's not a dictatorship it's not control it's just let's have everyone feel like they can give an opinion. And as we've heard, there's a, a culture of fear in other teams or federation situations, but that's something that I would hope would never happen in Wiggle High Five. Obviously, I need to make hard decisions sometimes, but I want the athletes and the staff to feel like they can come to me. We can argue, we can debate for you know an hour, but um, I don't want them to ever be, the athletes or the staff, to ever be scared to voice their opinion. But there are people who say, you know, this is high-level sport. It's all about winning. And you, know, you have to be tough. And if you're not tough enough, then, then leave the sport. Well, look, if someone's not tough enough, they're not going to make it. But that doesn't mean that you need to make it even more tough for them. I mean, results, ultimately, yeah, we're in sport for results. But my strong belief is that results come from providing athletes and supporting them. And that's a delicate thing. Um, I, I can't really see any situation where wording or tone of voice or criticism um, can really get the best out of an athlete. So I don't think there's necessarily any need for that. Um, you know, my, my philosophy is to encourage the riders rather than tell them what they're doing wrong, give them some advice. And that's where Emmy Johansson comes in about how to be better. What's your take on um, the season ahead in women's pro cycling? There have been some very positive moves, a couple of you know, uh, negative things as well. But uh, overall, do you think the sport is looking pretty healthy this year? I can tell you I'm super excited about this season's um, racing because a lot of the big talented riders have been split up over different teams and this just means that instead of going into a race thinking that bowls or rubber or wiggle high five are going to win this race, there's three teams that might be able to win, there's actually like 10 or 15 teams that have potential winners in their teams. So it's great to see that the sport, it is developing because now the depth in teams are having obviously more finances to buy those lead riders and what, what we see now is so many teams that have either sprinters or climbers, winners basically, that's going to make the racing so much more exciting. So you'll be able to go to the start of a race and, and, and not be sure who's going to win? Absolutely. I mean we had that era of Mariana Voss where she, we knew she wanted to win a race no matter what, she'd be so hard to beat. Then we had Lizzie Armitstead. She could win every day of the week. And now we just have a situation where a rider can't just be strong by themselves. They need a strong team. And we see a lot of strong teams this year. So there's so many different riders or teams that can win bike races this year that nothing is predictable. The course this year is 60 kilometres the Izawad, or you know, ending up the Izawad. And a lot of riders have seen that as, as, as a backward step. You know, 60 kilometres, they would say, is not a proper race for uh, women at that level. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I wouldn't say that it's not a proper race, but 
I do think it's a step backwards that we're not racing on the Champs-Élysées because that, that opportunity um, to take that away from us after having that for the last three years and obviously Wiggle High Five won that race last year and in terms of return on investment for sponsors and finances coming into the sport, I think that one race on the Champs-Élysées would give a higher number of uh, return than all the other races put together. It was an opportunity for women's cycling to really, really develop, and I think taking it away um, is a little bit of a step backwards for our sport. It has done a lot for our sport, but um, it's very unfortunate that we couldn't have some races in the mountains and the Alps and still have that race. That's um, the disappointing thing for me is that the athletes don't have that opportunity to race on the Champs-Élysées and the fans and uh, viewers don't can't really relate so much to many races, but the, the last day of the Tour de France on the Champs-Élysées is something that everybody knows what all that's about, and it was, um, for us it was a great opportunity for women's cycling. But overall optimistic about the current situation? Well, yeah, because the, the races that we have on the calendar this year that are new kind of make up for losing that one race. We have Amstel Gold Race, we have the Age Bachelor on the Age, and we have, um, you know, all the big, the Tour of Britain, we have Yorkshire, Ride London, California. We have a lot of Tour of Flanders flesh. We have a lot of really big classic type races, and that's important for our sport. So whilst we did lose one that was a, a, a major loss, we have gained quite a few races in the last couple of years, so the calendar looks strong and the, the sport is going in the right direction because race organisers are obviously identifying that women's racing is exciting and they've been holding men's races for years and years and years and now they've decided to put women's racing on as well. Rochelle Gilmore, thanks for joining us. We'll hear now from some other of your riders. So I'm joined by the three British riders on the squad, uh, Lucy Garner, Grace Garner and Amy Roberts. Uh, Lucy, um, first of all, this is your second year with the team, but what, your fourth or fifth year as a professional? Yeah, it, it will be my fifth year, actually. Yeah, I feel really old now, <laughs> thinking that. No, but yeah, it's my fifth year already, so... Uh, but you are still very young, though. I'm 22, so yeah I, yeah, I am pretty young still, and I hope I've got a few more years in me to go. Um, but no, I've raced a lot, and I've done a lot of, uh, yeah done a lot of races so uh yes how's it going so far this this year it's going well like we've uh, I've only had a couple of races so far um but I've you know I've trained hard over the winter these sort of classics race races for me is just getting me ready for the sort of mid-season because that's when you know I want to you know be more on form and where the races suit me a little better but no it's been good just helping you know the riders like Elisa and Yolene um, who want to you know peak for these early classics so it's been good. Uh, last year you were second in the Tour of Yorkshire um, presumably this year you're hoping for one step up the podium. Well, yeah, it would be great to win it, but I actually did the reckon uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks back, and it's extremely tough. It's a lot different to uh, last year's, so it would be great to start there. You know, I'd love to, you know, be on the start list there again, but I think the type of course this year is going to be more for, you know, Elisa, actually. You know, it's tough. There's a lot of climbing involved, and there, there could be quite a lot of wind as well. But no, I want to. It would be nice to be racing back there. And the Tour of Britain as well, hopefully the women's tour. Yeah, yeah, I had to miss that last year because I'd broken some ribs, so that was yeah a bit unlucky. But no, it'd be great to you know get back there and obviously 
it's going to be you know even bigger this year with finishing in uh, London so um, I'm expecting it to be sort of a huge event on the calendar. Every rider I speak to um, talks very sort of fondly of racing in Britain in particular probably the the non-British riders actually it's something about the crowds it's something about the enthusiasm what's it actually like riding either Yorkshire or the women's tour? It is you know it makes it really special actually because those races especially the women's tour it's just there for the women so we know that everyone out on the roads are coming just for us and to support us and the amount of crowds that we get out on the roads is just you know incredible and yeah I, I say this but not just because I'm from the UK but I really think that the UK are leading the way um, in win- women's cycling and putting on s- some really great organized events so you know it'd be great to have you know even more in the future you've got your younger sister with you on the team this year did you encourage her to uh, to join the team um yeah I'd say a bit yeah you know it's I really like being on wiggle and I think you know Grace can learn a lot from the older riders and she's a sprinter so I you know she's got a lot of girls to sort of look up to on the team like Georgia and Yolene and yeah it will be a great great sort of season for Grace to get stuck in and yeah she's a really good sprinter herself so uh definitely in the future she'll be she'll be there tackling the finishes. Grace this is your first season I guess at like the really highest level of international women's racing how's it been? Yeah it's been a great start to the season actually last year I did a few um, of the UCI races but this year is my full first proper full season as a full professional athlete um, so yeah it was amazing to kick start the season off um, at the women's tour down under so yeah it was um, it was really good uh, what are your sort of big targets this year what do you think are the races that you really hope you can might might make a bit of an impact in I'm just sort of taking every opportunity that I'm been given um, I wasn't expecting to be on the start list for any women's world tours and Already I was at the start at Drenta, so I was really, really pleased with that. And, yeah, I hope I can take the start at maybe China uh, Women's World Tour and, yeah, just sort of use every opportunity I can to, to do my best. Drenta looked pretty tough from what I saw of it. How was it? Yeah, it was really tough, actually. Um, but from hearing from the other girls, it wasn't as tough as previous years because the wind was dropped a little bit, so um, it was pretty steady for the first... Yeah, it was quite settled um, before the attack started coming and before the cobble sections. Um, but yeah, it was it was good actually. I really enjoyed it. What's it like racing on the team with your big sister? Good, really nice. You've always got like the comfort of a family member being around. So yeah, I love it. Amy Roberts, you you as well are relatively young, but also uh, pretty experienced. Your fifth year uh, with uh, with Wiggle. Last season wasn't a great season though for you, was it? Well, it started off okay, um, and then yeah, I had quite a bit of illness and stuff, and yeah, it didn't end too well. So I was happy to see the end of it and have good winter's training and get into this season now. How was it going over the winter? How was your training? Yeah, it was good. Um, I had a nice break and then got some good miles in and then went to Australia for the early season race. Um, And, yeah, I like doing that because it sort of gets the season started and has some good training but also good racing in there. What are the changes this year in in women's racing and on the the women's team? Because a lot of people are saying it's a lot more open and probably a bit more competitive than it it has been for, for, for several years. Yeah, I think... 
we've definitely seen a change in the last few years. Um, there's a, a lot more competition and everyone's like at a higher level, um, which is really good. And women's cycling is growing, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, so hopefully it can keep going that way and, yeah, we keep seeing improvements. So our final Wiggle High Five rider for this podcast is Annette Nettie Edmondson. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, you're one of the riders who combines um, road with a, a real focus on track as well. How's, how's that been going for you? It's been okay so far. Um, I definitely like variation, and so that's really, uh, it's worked for me having both the road and the track in my program. But I'm also very thankful to have the support of the, the Australian Institute of Sport and also my Wiggle High Five uh, road team because without their support uh, it wouldn't be possible and I know a lot of other t- people might actually be interested in doing the same thing but some of the teams just want specifically uh, want road or track so yeah I'm very thankful to them for making it work. How's the season been going so far? Most years I do both the track and the road um, but this year I've decided just to focus on the road. Uh, I had yeah five years of track worlds and track intensity so after the intensity of the track last year with the Olympic program I've decided to, to focus for the first time fully on the road and, um, yeah, really enjoying it and it's really nice to be back with the Wiggle High Five squad. So what are your big targets for this year then? We've got the China World Cup. That's um, a bit more suited to me, nice and flat with a power sprint at the end. I'd like to race the Giro. I've never done that before, so in Italy um, the 10-day stage race would be amazing. But it's not very flat though. There are a lot of... Mountainous stages, yes, uh, but I've heard that they do form a peloton, so I'd like to be part of that um, rather than being out the back. But um, no, there's definitely some sprint stages, so I'll have a crack at those. But I think the, the main goal for me is the Team Time Trial World Championships with Wiggle High Five and then also the road race because I've never actually lined up in the road race at the World Championships. You've been in uh, women's racing, both track and road, for you know, a good few years now. What, what's your sort of feeling about the current state of, of women's cycling and women's sport? It's still got a long way to go, uh, but it is definitely headed in the right direction. And I think that's thanks to a lot of uh, high-profile women like Mariana Voss, Lizzie Armistead, people like that who are putting up their hands and, and really trying to make a change. And, um, yeah, like the UCI are taking a step forward and they've in- included a lot of women's races at... Uh, the international level like we've now got a Madison for women at the track worlds we've got a team pursuit for women at the Commonwealth Games so yeah it's um it's really really exciting to see that we are headed in that direction. Nettie thank you for joining us Um, thanks to Rochelle and the team for inviting us to join them Um, let's hope women's cycling does continue to thrive in 2017 and we'll certainly be reporting on it more and more thanks for listening catch up next time.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.